1: So the Lord is speaking to us on establishing the kingdom of God and doing his will through prayer. In Matthew 6, Jesus' teaching on prayer at two different times, he said something that is almost the same, like in verse 8 and verse 32, verses 8 and 32. In verse 8, it says, For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Verse 8, your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. And in verse 32, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Now, listen to this in verses 8 to 10. Say, because or since your heavenly father knows that you, you need all these things. Therefore, pray in this manner. Let your kingdom come. Because since your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, or you know, knows the things you have need of, pray in this manner. Let your kingdom come. And all that prayer, you see that they are all the things that God wants to get done. They are not... Human, human things, or you know, earthly, earthly things. They were, they are all heavenly things. Oh, your father knows what you want, but do this rather. Pray like this. Same thing in verse thirty-two. For your father knows the things you have need. You, your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So, same thing. Because since your father knows the things you have need of. Therefore, seek first the kingdom of God. It's not, oh, your father knows the things that you have need of, so ask him, tell him. No, it's your father knows the things you have need of, but seek first the kingdom of God. What does this mean? What is Jesus Christ trying to say here? First, he's saying, would you believe that your father, or sorry, would you believe your father for bigger things than what you are thinking? Would you believe your Father for bigger things, heavenly things, divine things with earthly effects and outcomes, things beyond your thoughts, experiences, or imaginations? Would you believe God for heavenly things? Yes, you're thinking of earthly things. You're thinking of food and drink and clothing. You're thinking of these or that. But believe him for bigger stuff. And that bigger stuff, those bigger things, those great things will actually benefit your life, will even affect the food and the drink and the clothing. That's the first idea there. The second idea is this. Stop looking on your own things. Stop focusing on your own things. He knows the things you have need of, but stop focusing on those things that you have need of. Focus on your father's things. His purpose is his plans, which are ultimately, ultimately for your good. Jesus is saying, like Paul would say in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know, Jesus is trying to say, we know, I know that all things, all things work together for good. For those who love God, for those who are the called according to his purpose, for those who are called to do his purpose, for those who do his purpose, for those who go after his plans, all things work together for their good. So if you go for the plans of God, if you engage yourself in the things of God, at the end of the day, it's all for your good. It's your father's inheritance. If you work for your father's business, not only that you'll be paid, the profit is yours. The old business is yours. Establishing the kingdom of God and doing his will through prayer. What does the kingdom of God entail? What does the kingdom of God mean? Let's see how Jesus himself described the kingdom of God in Luke eleven fourteen 14 to 20. In one of our texts. But before we get there, before we go there, let's have a better understanding of the meaning of the word kingdom. Now, if you just look at it in the common dictionary, You find that it says a country, a state, a territory ruled by a king or queen. It means the realm or domain or dominion or power or an empire, principality, or province. But I want us to look at it this way. If I take from that word kingdom, it means royal power. Royal power. Kingdom. King's dominion. King's domain. Royal. Power, the authority and power of a king, the authority and power of a king. So the kingdom of God, the primary notion of that is God's exercise of his royal power. God's exercise of his royal power. So God has called us to do what? To exercise his royal power because he has given his power to us. In fact, he has called us what? a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a special people. We are kings and priests. Now, kings and priests put together. You know what that means? When you talk of kingship, you're talking of royalty. And when you talk of priesthood, you're talking of what? Prayer. So if you want to have the royal power, you're going to have to do what? Pray. We are a royal priesthood. We are kings and priests. He has made us kings and priests to our God. That is why you think of David. David was not just a king. David also was a priest. Amen. David was a a priest also. He was also a prophet. The two can be combined together. The two actually go together. If you want to exercise the authority of God on earth, you've got to have to be a priest, have to be in prayer, to be a prayerful person. So now let's look at Jesus describing the kingdom of God in Luke eleven fourteen 14 to 20. The backdrop to that, you know, this is Luke eleven fourteen 14 to 20 that we're going to look at. But let's start with Luke 11, 1 and get into that 14. In Luke 11, 1, it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. So this is Jesus still talking about the kingdom. Don't forget that. This is the background. So leaving that, he taught them the persistence or in opportunity in prayer. Then he also taught them the different levels of prayer. From asking, to seeking, to knocking. But also he indicated to them the first and best thing to ask for, for in prayer. And what is the first and best thing to ask for in prayer? What is the first and best thing to ask for in prayer? The Holy Spirit. Amen. Then finally, in verses 14 to 26, he showed them one of the purposes, one of the consequences of prayer, to destroy the works of Satan. One of the purposes of prayer is to destroy the works of Satan. Now he demonstrated that to them in what we are going to read. Talking about the kingdom of God, talking about the kingdom of God, talking about prayer, talking about prayer. He said to them in Luke 1114 14 to 20, and it was casting out a demon and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, he cast out demons by Bezebo, the ruler of demons. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation or destruction. And a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Bezebub. And if I cast out demons by Bezebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. They, since they have power to do such an extraordinary thing, no, they will rule you. He Whoever has such power will be the ruler. Then verse 20 says... But if I cast out demons by the finger or with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now from this scripture, we see God's exercise of his royal power. God's exercise, Jesus exercising the power of God to deal with the situation, to deal with a particular situation. We also see here, we look at the details of this, We see that humans can be oppressed by demons and can even be possessed by them. We also see that demons can be cast out. I'm sure there are those who have never seen how demons are cast out. And I'm sure there are those of you like myself, you know, not only that we have seen demons being cast out, we have cast out demons. Amen. In fact, if you are a prayerful person, whether you have seen demons being cast out or not, you are casting out demons. Amen. Because when you pray, demons step aside. When you pray, demons go off. They will stay near you. Amen. Because demons are everywhere. Hmm? Demons are everywhere. So when you pray, the power of God comes upon you. The power of God is in your mouth. And the demons stay off. So demons can be cast out. Demons or Satan can cause sickness. And they may be responsible for a health condition. Also in this scripture, we see that there are different kingdoms. There are different kingdoms. And they do fight each other. We Remember Genesis 14. Four kings against five kings. Four kingdoms against five kingdoms fighting each other. And the four kingdoms had the victory. They won over five kingdoms. But the result of that was that Lot, a nephew of Abraham, was taken captive. And Abraham heard about it. And he went after four kingdoms because his nephew had been captured. He went after them with 318 servants born in his own house. And he defeated